0: Hello and welcome to So What You're Saying Is. Now I'm delighted that my guest this week is somebody who knows President Trump just about as well as anybody else apart from his family. Jason Miller was the president's chief press spokesman during the 2016 campaign and he returned to do that in last year's election. He's also just launched a new social media platform called Getter. And uh, he's joining me now from New York. Uh, Thank you very much indeed, Jason, for for speaking to us. Um, I want to start with your new social media platform called Getter. I should say that that is uh, basically spelt G E T T R, isn't it? Um, Can you just tell us a a bit about it? What's, uh, apart from, before we get to the technicalities, uh, if you like, what's the mission statement?
1: Uh, yeah, well, thank you very much for having me and for talking about the launch of our brand new social media platform Getter, G-E-T-T-R dot com, or at the Apple Store, or the Google Play Store. Uh, Getter is the the hot new social media. Uh, platform where we support free speech and we oppose cancel culture. And that's really our mission statement, that if you believe in those two things, it doesn't matter what country you're from, what party or ideological affiliation you might have, we want you to join. So for example, uh, we have uh, about 45% of our initial user base is here in the U.S. About 15% is in Brazil, President Bolsonaro and two of his three adult sons have joined the platform. In the UK, we're at about three and a half, four percent 4%, I believe, of our user base, but we're just starting to reach out to folks and uh, start with some of our marketing efforts. And I'll tell you really where it came from is as we saw, actually, really, this is, I think, a global issue where these social media titans in Silicon Valley are telling us what our free speech rights are. And look, If I'm driven nuts by it, and I'm an American saying, why are these three big tech oligarchs in Silicon Valley telling me what to do? (laughs) Imagine if you're in the UK or if you're not even American, like who are these three guys in the US, in the States, who are telling us what our free speech rights are. I think that's a little too far. So our goal is that nobody will ever be censored or deplatformed for speaking their political beliefs.
0: Is there the danger, uh, Jason, though, that um, I'm just thinking of what happened with Parler, you know, and with these sites, how will you circumvent that? Because at the moment, I've, you know, I've, I'm on your uh, on Getter, I went on and registered. I went and did it via an app. But isn't that how they somehow managed to uh, disengage Parler? It was just by taking the app off of the, off of that platform, wasn't it?
1: So two things can be true at the same time here. Number one, we do have a robust and proactive moderation policy. Uh, there is. Uh, your free speech rights extend up until the point where they infringe on someone else's free speech rights, or if they say threaten harm or have racial epithets or are posting uh, pornography. So uh, the same things that you can't do in regular life, you can't walk into a pub, for example, and threaten someone physically and for there not to be repercussions, not that somebody might uh, uh, smack you upside the head, but as far as uh, the law would say that you can't go and threaten people physically, you can't do things like that online. That's that's not acceptable. That's not free speech. We wanna make sure that political free speech is protected. So again, if you want to, is, is my my British friends are absolutely being driven nuts uh, by uh, the jab and the pings and the lockdowns and the, the incessant uh, government controls over everything. Here in the States, we're seeing brand new news today that they want us to wear one, two, sometimes even three masks, as it seems. I'm slightly exaggerating, but only slightly. Uh, But if you want to push back on some of the science on COVID, or if you want to say something completely outrageous, such as, I think COVID came from a lab in Wuhan, China, that was actually something where people were getting censored or deplatformed in the US last year. So we, we have a policy, a, a very robust proactive moderation policy to make sure that uh, threatful or harmful things are not on our platform, but we want to make sure that we protect political free speech. And if you're talking about your personal beliefs, you're never going to be kicked off or censored on our platform.
0: Right. <clears throat> I think this is, as you say, people are becoming more and more frustrated. I mean, uh, you know, people like me, who, you know, we do these, uh, I know you've spoken to some of my kind of colleagues, if you like, uh, on YouTube, it's like a Damocles sword hanging over us most of the time, you know what I mean? And there is this constant sort of need to somehow or other come up with a new platform. Um, Is um, President Trump involved in any way with this particular, your new platform, Jason?
1: Not at the moment. Um, I have been talking to the president pretty extensively about it. I'm actually having dinner with him this evening. Uh, So uh, uh, obviously the world will find out if there's any um, uh, massive revelation. Uh, But here's the thing. President Trump does have a number of different options in front of him. Um, And so what we've been in discussions. Uh, I've told him that his handle at real Donald Trump is being held in a beautiful safe in the corner of my office. Uh, that's a metaphor. There's not actually a safe in my office. Uh, running a social media company, I don't need a safe. Everything's in the cloud. Uh, but um, uh, look, we'd love the president to to join. Um, I think he wants to see kind of how uh, we did coming out of the gates, being a brand new platform. We're just about two million people in a little over three weeks, not even a full month into this yet. I think that's pretty remarkable. And look, we have Secretary Mike Pompeo, our former Secretary of State, Uh, Former Secretary Ben Carson, uh, HHS, who, uh, or excuse me, HUD, uh, who was in President Trump's cabinet. Uh, Leader McCarthy on the Republican side. Number of U.S. senators. Chairman of the Republican Party. Like I said, President Bolsonaro. So we have folks, and even outside of just politics, Gina Carano, uh, the actress from The Mandalorian, is on board. Uh, We have a number of UFC fighters who are on board. So it's fun. Look, Twitter has become kind of this, this left-wing cesspool uh, of bots. Uh, it just everything's hateful, everything's snarky, everything's negative. I look forward to going on Getter because every time I open the app, there's somebody fun, there's somebody new, uh, there's somebody cool who's on there and we're kind of making social media fun again. Where is the
0: best way that people can join it actually, Jason, would it be via their phones or computers? I mean, presumably you have a website or, or, or what?
1: yeah so great question actually this uh, this is a little bit kind of uh, nerd inside baseball stuff but that's kind of uh, the world i'm in right now our user base is about a third iphones about a third androids and about a third on the web as far as how people access it so you can go to the the apple app store you can go to the google play store or you can go to getter.com g-e-t-t-r.com all three ways and you can literally create an account at about 15, 30 seconds, uh, it's very quick, it's very easy to do. Uh, come on in and, and check it out. I think you'll really uh, really feel good about the ability to, whether it be the longer posts, 777 characters, the longer videos, upwards of three minutes, the sharper, clearer images, uh, and we'll have um, a whole bunch of new features that are com- coming very shortly, but it's a, it's a fun platform. Oh,
0: good. Um- you mentioned you're seeing uh, the president uh, later. Um, Jason, how is he doing at the moment? I mean, what's his frame of mind? I mean, I, I would have thought, you know, that here was a man who was known more than many other or any other politician for being on social media. And then, bang, he was taken off. Um, did he have terrible withdrawal or has he, how has he responded to it?
1: Uh, he would obviously much rather be on social media than be off it. Uh, I think he has done a very good job of, um, of getting his message out even without social media, but it's different. Uh, it's different when it's then, say, picked up by uh, reporters or journalists or supporters and then shared, or as opposed to you know, the genius of why President Trump won in 2016, is we bypassed the traditional media filter. We went right to people. Uh, President Trump was on the cutting edge of using, say, Facebook Live to communicate with people. He was on the cutting edge of using Twitter uh, to make sure you don't have to go through your, uh, you know, your uh, BBCs or even your, uh, you know, even your times or even your, uh, you know, telegraphs or guardians uh, and have them give their version of what you're saying, you can go right to them. And so he did that with our media counterparts here in in the States and he did it effectively. And we saw in 2020, the, excuse me, the big tech giants really came together and teamed up with the media to try to stop that. We saw it with the suppression of the Hunter Biden story, excuse me, Hunter Biden story. Uh, we saw it with how they tried to shut him down after January 6th. Uh, and so there really has been this uh, collusion effort to try to eliminate his free speech rights. Yes. Um,
0: <clears throat> I think, isn't it true to say, I think you said this in a an interview recently, uh, I found it interesting that these the mainstream media and Big Tech sort of came together, if you like, to delegitimize uh, the president, but basically, on top of that, they're also sort of part of a wider attack, are they not, on well, things that I imagine both you and I would hold pretty dear. I mean, would you say that that's still the case? I mean, their grip is as ha- harsh as, as ever.
1: Yeah, you know, you make a really good point here because uh, I think everything. I think what what Brexit taught us, what President Trump's election taught us, uh, even President Bolsonaro's election, what that taught us, is uh, even even look at the way that uh, a lot of say President Modi, uh, the way uh, excuse me, Prime Minister Modi, the way he's led in India. The world is shifting towards not so much about these traditional party structures uh, that uh, you know the left versus the right, so much as this battle between uh, these elites that are telling us what we have to do and how we can think and how we can behave and what their views of societal and social norms are versus the people who actually have to go and work for a living. And so, uh, look, it's, uh, I mean, I'm the uh, someone who's the son of a welder who got up every day for 35 years and went and, and welded. And that was very tough work. I mean, I saw my dad get up at uh, 5 a.m. every morning and, and go down and, and weld. And so he was a, an hourly wage earners. I think of my dad, And if Joe Biden or, uh, look, or even, you know, British government or anybody were to say, hey, you know what, let's just stay in lockdown. Well, you know, my father wasn't on salary. He couldn't have just sat in his basement and Zoomed into a a welding job. Uh, That wouldn't have worked. And so you see the way that free speech is now acceptable and embraced by big tech and big media as long as you agree with them. If you disagree with them, if you dare to raise some crazy harebrained idea, such as the virus emanated from a lab in Wuhan, or maybe uh, the mask policies uh, that the government's coming out with, uh, they have no idea what they're doing and they're not putting out the tests or the studies behind it, uh, that you're some kind of heretic, uh, then I think um, then you see people starting to be silent. So uh, yes, uh, to your point, uh, this isn't just about uh, you know, some party affiliation. This is now where you have these, uh, these elites and the, the financial titans uh, who are trying to tell everybody else how they should think. And it's a l- little bit, uh, you know, George Orwell, he may have been off by a couple of decades, but he wasn't wrong on where society was trending.
0: No, no, um, you know, I think uh, when, you, when people talk often about polarization in your society and in our society between these two groups of people who think very differently, uh, one of the points I think they seem to miss is that one of those groups has enormous power um cultural power you know if not economic um and whereas the others i would say in, in the case of america what is it 75 million people who voted for uh, president trump at the last count um and it's the same here with brexit you know the the establishment is sort of pretty much ranged against them is it not
1: yeah. I mean, everything from you look at the way that, that they try to cancel anybody who is on the, uh, whether it be on the, the Trump side, I can't speak to the cancel effort as specific with um, with the, the pro-Leave uh, coalition and pro-Leave voters uh, there in the UK. Uh, but I know here in the US, uh, literally, you would think that uh, the history books will go right from President Obama to right to President Biden. And they're, they're almost trying to uh, erase out of the history book the entire last four years uh, of uh, U.S. political history and just U.S. Uh, history in general. Uh, but it, it really is this effort to, uh, we saw members of, I think, Nancy Pelosi, um, and I saw an editorial yesterday in Wisconsin, that's uh, the state of Wisconsin, saying that anyone who attended the protest or was even in Washington, D.C. on January 6th should be barred from running for office in the United States Ever again. So even if you were a peaceful protester, did nothing wrong, you're outside or just on the mall, nowhere near the Capitol. They want to take away, start taking away your rights. It's it's really kind of creepy the way that they're going.
0: Yes, um, I, I think there is a growing sense of authoritarianism. Definitely. Um, uh, you say about the history books there and how maybe they'd rather like to leap over President Trump. I have to ask you this. I mean, what what is the outlook for him standing again?
1: So, you know, if you had asked me right when uh, President Trump came out of the White House, I probably would have been, uh, you know, maybe a little bit less than 50 50. Uh, Maybe, you know, there's a a third of a chance that maybe he does it. Uh, I'd say that probably went up to about, you know, 50 50 a couple months ago. But over this past month, about over the past four to six weeks or so, uh I'm, uh I'm of the opinion, almost assuredly, that he runs again. I think that the, the more that they attack him, the more that he sees uh, people who are these uh, economic populists, people who believe in this Make America Great Again movement uh, that he started, the more that they're attacked and they're, they're persecuted, prosecuted, try to shoved into the corner, be silenced, that I think that he runs again. So I'm, I'm almost uh, assured that, that he does uh, run again, at least as of this moment.
0: I think uh you know here we get a certain sort of picture a certain view um i'm sure you you know what that probably is jason um but i, I just wondered uh president trump's uh grip on the republican party is is it healthy or 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 is there? we hear a lot about People like, uh, what is it now, Cheney, you know, um, Senator Cheney and this sort of thing. Um, How serious is that really uh, when people are essentially sort of like rebelling against uh, Trump in the Republican Party? How seriously should we take that?
1: Yeah, so uh, really good. So for um, uh, my my British friends, give kind of a a breakdown here. Uh, In 2016, when President Trump ran, really what he exposed was the rift between conservative grassroots activists around the country, essentially the Republican voters, and the party elites in Washington, uh, those who are on TV, who are uh, wearing, the, wearing the suits every day, dictating the policies, uh, portending to, to speak on behalf of Republican voters around the country. And so when President Trump, say for example, took the issue of trade, really it was trade, immigration, America first uh, national um, national security and, and national policy those are really kind of the uh, the the key aspects of his uh, pillars to his platform in 2016 what trade really was trade really spoke that was almost kind of a proxy issue for the uh, the the class con- uh, confrontation that we're seeing between the elites and the regular working men and women and so when President Trump started jumping on the trade issue and saying hey, quit cutting all these great trade deals for China. Who cares if we get a $200 flat screen TV? We don't make any TVs in the United States anymore. All those jobs are gone." So as he started talking through those issues, people really gravitated to that. And it turned out that it was the the Republicans in Washington who were disconnected. So what President Trump did is he really kind of exposed that rift. So when we say that he has a lock on the Republican Party, that's not merely some, uh, say like some cult of personality thing, or they, everyone just blindly follows him. It's because he actually taps into those populist beliefs that the Republican voters have and have had, backing up to let's say early 2000s when China uh, was led into the WTO and given most favored nation status, going back to the 1990s when we talk about NAFTA, the horrific NAFTA deal uh, that saw jobs go to Canada and Mexico, remember Ross Perot in 1992 with the great sucking sound uh, of NAFTA. So President Trump uh, really exposed that. When you look at someone like Liz Cheney, just I've done some polling there recently in the state of Wyoming, Liz Cheney has a 6% hard reelect number with Trump voters in her state. Now, why is that an issue? Because President Trump got 79% of the vote in the state of Wyoming, and Liz Cheney is only getting about 6% of their support. So, uh, a Liz Cheney or an Adam Kinzinger, politically speaking, they're dead. There's nowhere for them to go. They won't be coming back or elected to office. Uh, in the future here. So President Trump, it's not just a, the fact that people like him as a, a leader, as a person, he's tapped into their core issue beliefs.
0: Yes. Um, are you, would you agree, we, we had recently on the program, Victor Davis Hanson, um, and he said that the atmosphere in the U.S. Uh, vis-a-vis Biden and this new administration had changed and you know, for the worst, you know, as it were, in the past six months. Would you agree with that? I mean, when I say for the worst, uh, he thought in an encouraging way.
1: Uh, So, uh, so uh, Victor said that things had gotten worse around the country over the last six months? No,
0: what he said was that the people were already extremely worried and disillusioned with the Biden administration.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, that's uh, look. The uh, uh, the shine has really come off. I think that there were a lot of people who voted for Joe Biden uh, because uh, they just wanted something different. They thought that uh, that he would be as effective as President Trump, just without the the mean tweets, so to speak. Uh, and what they're finding out is that Joe Biden is someone who's barely there. Uh, he comes across as uh, potentially even being borderline senile. Um, And as President Trump jokingly said, hey, Joe, if you had just gone to the beach for several months, half of these crises wouldn't have been created. We wouldn't have the crisis at the southern border from reversing President Trump's policies. Uh, We wouldn't be tested continually, whether it's in the Middle East, whether it's Iran, whether it's in the South China Sea, where I know uh, the UK just sent in uh, a carrier. So I I know that that's something that's on uh, uh, front and center for a lot of British folks as well. Uh, but it's all these the hyperinflation crisis uh, because we're giving away so much government money here in the U.S. Uh, yeah, and so people are starting to realize. Wait a minute, gas used to be uh, you know two dollars and, uh, 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 and change per gallon. Now it's now it's four dollars and change per gallon. And I'm uh, sorry I, I can't do the conversion for you guys, but you get the the broader you get the broader point about it's becoming way more expensive. Uh, but the the inflation issue, and I'll tell you who's impacted by that the most. The deplorables, the wage earners, the people who are not the the global elites, people who actually know what a half gallon of milk costs, people who have to go and drive uh, the yellow vest, for example, um, uh, in type of coalition the other we saw in in Paris a couple of years back. Uh, these are folks who have to work for a living and realize, hey, things are a lot more expensive. My paycheck's not going up, but my bills are.
0: Yeah. You mentioned their deplorables, uh, Jason. Uh, I mean, you mentioned your father was a was a welder. Um, I don't know whether your father was a uh, would have been a Trump supporter. I don't know, but I mean, what are those people doing now? What what are those people that would have voted the seventy five million at the moment? What are they just doing? I mean, because it seems to as you say, from what you're saying, is that they're kind of they're, they're, there's a bit of vengefulness going on towards them.
1: Um, well, uh, yeah, there's, well, people are definitely, uh, people are angry, people are fired up. There's a lot of uh, leftover uh, residue from the, the 2020 election. A lot of folks are very concerned with how that turned out, some of the concerns with the uh, the accuracy of, of some of the, the tallies and such. Uh, but as we look ahead to 2022, there is a, a great anger toward Nancy Pelosi and House Democrats in Washington, D.C towards uh, Chuck Schumer and Senate Democrats in Washington DC. And even a number of these, most of our, about two thirds of our gubernatorial races, our governor's races are on the ballot in 2022. I do think that this is gonna be a, a massive issue because a lot of what we've been talking about, kind of the federal government, the national government aspect of things. But when you think of the state governments, the state lockdowns, the state shutdowns, the state masking rules, a lot of these uh, governors, a lot of these more liberal Democratic governors who came in in 2018, you put in these, these draconian policies. I think of uh, uh, Gretchen Whitmer in, uh, in Michigan, the state of Michigan, for example, who's been absolutely disastrous. Uh, she's going to face a real challenge and she could be bounced. So I think people are going to mo- mobilize. I think they'll show up to the polls. Quite frankly, I see it from uh, anecdotally from looking at our content on Getter. And the way that people are now saying, you know what, I'm not going to allow these big tech guys to go and censor us or quiet us. We're going to find other ways to communicate. They're joining platforms like Getter. They're starting to uh, say, uh, we're not going to be taken for granted. We're not going to be silenced. Yes.
0: Uh, can I ask just brief, briefly, uh, uh, Jason, what, uh, when did you get into politics yourself? When, when did you start this career that you've had?
1: So initially uh, started, and in, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, which is in the northwest corner of the United States, uh, very liberal town. That's where Microsoft, Amazon, Starbucks uh, is all from, and I think uh, part of the I think part of the populist bent. Uh, growing up was r- obviously realizing that uh, I was definitely not a, uh, a Microsoft baby or definitely not a, a Starbucks baby, so to speak. Um, and my uh, father's, uh, as I said, was a welder, someone who's very fiscally conservative, uh, socially a bit more liberal, um, or a libertarian, I would say. My mom is very uh, socially conservative, but uh, fiscally she might be uh, a super liberal. And so I ended up picking up the more conservative elements of, of both of them and started getting active and then went to college in Washington, DC and, uh, and working on Capitol Hill and kind of got the bug and then realized that Uh, government itself was no place for me. Uh, I'm not necessarily that great sitting behind a desk all day. Uh, So when when I got out there and helped manage races for House and Senate and governor, won at all those levels and then helped President Trump in 2016 and
0: 2020. Yeah. And and do you have time for anything else outside of politics? Uh,
1: So my 12-year-old daughter is in travel softball, which I now I don't know about travel sports in the UK, uh, but I can tell you that it's Look, I love her. I support her. I go to as many games as I can. It's the thing's almost like a cult. Like it, it, they literally they practice four nights a week. They're in travel tournaments every weekend. And uh, but she's uh, uh, she's a, a burgeoning softball athlete, and so much of her. Her softball schedule dictates uh, my personal life, uh, but I, I love her and I'm there to support her. Uh, then I have um, a four-year-old um, daughter and son, and so uh, so we're we're busy. Uh, we have uh, uh, my beautiful wife uh, makes uh, makes everything uh, makes everything happen, but uh, my 12-year-old softball schedule pretty much uh, dictates everything outside of uh, uh, this big social media company.
0: <laughs> well, look, uh, all the very best for that, um, Jason. And um, again, it's. Uh... Getter, that's G-E-T-T-R. Um, and uh, look, thank you very much for joining us. And um, and also, you know, have a wonderful evening dinner with uh, the President, uh, President Trump. And uh, obviously, send on our good wishes, won't you?
1: <laughs> will do. And thank you so much for having me. And hopefully we can get the President on uh, on Getter. So it'll, it'll be that fun. That would be
0: great. Thank you very, very much indeed. Thanks. Thank you. Getter. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, That's it for this week, Uh, so what you're saying is, and we shall see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.